Welcome back to the Win Daily Podcast for today. It is October 9th, 2019. I am Scott Engel. I am the king. I am fantasy here with our MLB moving average, our the hope of the host of the New York uh, Prop Exchange on Win Daily, our John L. And uh, as we do every Wednesday, we're going to be talking week six running back picks and uh, and also fantasy football seasonal waivers. Want to thank everybody for listening as we see listenership is going up. Uh, you can always get John in our premium gold Slack chat. Uh, if you're a premium member, make sure you upgrade to talk to him, not only about DFS, but seasonal and, of course, prop picks and uh, sports wagering with our other great uh, wagering experts, including Phil Nasons and, uh, and Gapper Steve. So here we are, ready for another week, four teams on a bye Makes uh, the Sunday slate a little bit skinnier, John. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm great. I got so much information. I'm ready to go. Look, that I could say that about you any week, couldn't could well, I? I'm always prepared, man. Preparation is the formula for success. Yes, exactly, whether it's in radio or DFS. Uh, running backs, Ezekiel Elliott, 8500 on DraftKings. He's, uh, John will have the FanDuel prices. Uh, he's facing the Jets, 15th against the run. Uh, good cash game play because he'll pretty much have his way against the Jets. Uh, Dalvin Cook, electric right now, having a breakthrough season. He can score from anywhere on the field. The Eagles are tough on defense against the run, so he might not be widely owned. So I'm liking Cook because this game could be high, higher scoring possibly. And then you have Alvin Kamara against Jacksonville. Jacksonville's Absolutely awful against the run all of a sudden. Uh, uh, CMC and his backup both tore them up last week. Uh, He's going to be very chalky at 8,000. If this was a different running back, I'd say maybe I'd want to avoid this because in the NFL, what happens is if a team gets torn up on a certain uh, aspect of the game, they try and come out and fix it the following week. But this is Alvin Kamari you're talking about. So I'm okay with it. With lesser running back, I might analyze this differently. But uh, look, Elliott's cash, uh, Kamara's cash. But if I'm in a GPP, I'm going to go with Dalvin Cook. You know, uh, one, one note that I saw on Cook that really blew me away that, Scott, you've been really pushing him hard and you've been correct all year. And as I was deep diving, man, I was really impressed by the involvement in the, uh, in the pass-catching game. You know, he's actually been a threat through the air lately. He's had at least at least five targets and at least three catches in the last three games. That's that's pretty effective. You know, it's always nice to know that you won't be supplanted in those passing downs. Um, as far as my usage this weekend, uh, I agree with everything you're saying. You know, I think uh, Zeke is probably going to get it done. I'm not a huge fan of Kamara just because I'm not a big fan of Bridgewater. Again, I like Cook. Uh, Even after what Bridgewater did last week? I'm sorry, say again? Even after what Bridgewater did last week? Yeah, listen, you know, it could be just defensive, and, you know, it's not like he's ever sustained success. Yeah. So I'm not about to jump on the boat after one week. Uh, and, again, you could be right, but with cash, I really want assurance, and I really want, you know, certainty and stuff like that. So I think for people that have been following, you'll see a lot of times my work leads me in the same direction. And it kind of steers me away from those very, very, very expensive backs and into that next level. Because I also don't really play guys that are 
too, too cheap. When we're talking FanDuel dollars, my most expensive guy is probably 7500 My cheapest guy is probably 6000 And I create my entire stable ends up with guys in that area because when I build my running back matrix, you know, as far as production versus uh, defensive line and defensive output versus offensive output, all the rankings mashed up together, that's usually where I find them going to be. I don't want to take too much of a risk, but I also don't want to spend up too far because I believe RB1 production can be found in the second tier. Yeah, and then we start with, with Nick Chubb at 7,300 against the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks have a very good defensive front, maybe the best linebacking crew in all of football. So that makes Chubb more of a contrarian GPP play. We have seen good running backs perform well against the Seahawks. Todd Gurley scored twice last week. Uh, Alvin Kamara had a huge game against them in Seattle's one loss this year. Then you have... Uh, then you have Leonard Fournette uh, also uh, going this week. Uh, actually, uh, who is – wait, wait, wait. Who's, who's, who's the Jaguars playing this week? Oh, Shows Jack Nor Norleans. I'm sorry. I right. saw that reversed. Yeah, the Saints are a tough matchup. Fournette only has one touchdown run. I think I'm off of him this week. And then you got, uh, you got Mark Ingram at 6,600. Going against the Cincinnati Bengals, the, the prices still haven't caught up with them. I think Ingram's great for cash. He might be widely owned in tournaments by savvy people. Then you got Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Dallas is so-so against the Panthers. Darnold's first game back, so I'd probably avoid it. And seasonal, you have to start him. Gurley had the two touchdowns last week, but San Francisco has the best run defense in football, so I'm staying away. And then again, I do like Derrick Henry again this week for for 6,100 against Denver. Denver uh, has allowed the fifth most fantasy points to opposing running backs, uh, fifth most rushing yards to opposing running backs. And then you got Chris Carson against Cleveland. Uh, you know, he hasn't gotten in the end zone. I think he's more of a cash game play. I don't see a lot of the tournament upside. So within that range, I think, I think Chubb is an interesting contrarian play. GPP, Ingram for cash games, and uh, Henry for either. All right, you, you really you hit you hit all three of my top picks for this week in that little segment. Like I said, this is this is my area of the supermarket where I'm doing all my shopping. You know, ah. I think there's RB one production here. Let me knock out my top three guys, give you a nice some delicious stats because you know I love to jump in that. My first guy is your man on the Seahawks, Chris Carson. I mean, he has just Completely blown away Penny as far as touches goes. He's dominating totally. 76 and 82% in the last two. That translated into 22 and 27 rushing attempts. He got 100 yards in each of those. That was good for 17 and 19 Fanduel points. By the way, he's 7,200 this week, which is really quite affordable for what you might get. A guy in the top five agreed. I know he has no rushing touchdowns since the first week, but they're very wonky and they're hard to predict. You know, Cleveland is last in rushing yards allowed, almost 600, 586. And Carson is chipping in with a couple catches. I know it's only been two targets each week, but to me that's important because he's not being supplanted in the pass game by Penny, which was something that people were afraid of. And if you're looking for an extra cherry on top, PFF.com, Pro Football Focus has uh, the Seahawks as the sixth best line advantage going into the week. So I have Carson as my number one guy. My second guy you touched on is Ingram. He's a little more expensive in FanDuel, 7,500, but I think it's worth it. I think 
People are afraid of him because it's boomer bust. I think I might have uncovered the secret here for Mark Ingram, and it's not that much of a secret. His two good games, I mean great games really, where he scored 22 and 33, have both been against really bad rush defenses, and here we go. We're up against another one again. He hasn't been overly used so I guess we could see it as he has to be fresh but he also has to be efficient having not top 20 carries Cincinnati is dead last in uh, rushing attempts against rushing yards against their second last in fantasy points of running backs 38 points a game to opposing running backs their third to last in running back receptions at 37 their last in running back receiving yards almost 400 and they've given up nine total touchdowns six on the ground to opposing running backs and again we have that pro football focus heavy advantage so i'm on ingram my two let me just get my last one who you also mentioned is leonard fournette scott i have to say it once every single podcast usage 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 Fournette is on the field 95-plus percent of the snaps for the entire season. This is crazy. Now the carries are even increasing. He's at 52 over the last two weeks. That's been good for a combined 47 FanDuel points. And Leonard Fournette, the pass threat, six targets and four receptions in the last four or five. That's a trend. That's a real thing. The line advantage is a bit of a concern for me. New Orleans has been kind of tough against the run, but I think with the usage plus the usage in the air, give me Fournette at that top tier. Those are my three guys I'm going with. Yeah, the thing with the thing with Fournette is this offense has also improved, and fortunately he's been staying healthy. Yeah, it's it's like 50% mustache in Jacksonville right now. They're more mustache than football team. Yeah, probably. Uh, Dipping below 6,000 on DraftKings. Uh, you won't hear any more arguments from from me and uh, me and John anymore because he liked the Fonta Freeman last week and One I was totally over. against it. And uh, he got in the end zone. I still don't like him at fifty eight hundred. Uh, although Arizona can be scored on, Damian Williams played fifty six percent of the snaps last week. Should get in the end zone at fifty seven hundred. Lashawn McCoy actually split the other forty four percent of the snaps. Uh, with Darrell Williams, I'm off of him at 5,600. Joe Mixon uh, hasn't gotten the end zone yet, 5,500. He might be low-owned. Uh, the Ravens' defense is a shell of what it used to be. I thought they would be better with Earl Thomas this year, but Earl hasn't looked the same since he was at the Seahawks. Philip Lindsay, the guy just doesn't get enough respect. Uh, you know, He's a pretty good play at 5,300. Matt Breida had a really good game. Uh, last week, but I don't know if I would have the recency bias and be reactionary towards him either. So, in the five six thousand range, uh, I do like Devonta. I do like uh, Damian Williams, but I'm probably st- and Philip Lindsay, but I'm probably sticking more in that six thousand range uh, for the running backs that you talked about. Where I'll probably go to the same supermarket you're going to. Yeah, I mean, listen. Uh, especially in cash, you really don't want to get too cute. And, you know, you got to make sure they get in touches and targets. So for me, away from those guys that are in the 7,000 FanDuel range, again, I'm not going to go too, too far down. But if I had the discount shop, um, we can go just under 7,000. David Johnson, we're not sure about the health. So I have that, like, starred six different times because we have to monitor the health situation. Uh, I think I love DJ as a play, if he does get in the full week of practice, if for some reason he is out, Jace Edmonds at 5,200 is like an absolute must. You know, he went eight for 68 and a score on the ground. Plus, he caught three or four balls for another 18 yards. I mean, 
This guy is going to do work. He has a chance of finishing as an RB1 for 5,200 if Johnson's not playing. Another cheap guy I have is another guy you mentioned. You know, Henry's down in the mid-6,000s. And I think the thing that scares people with Henry is the usage in the past game. You know, I'm always beating that drum, but it... It's a, it's a sign of the paradigm shift going on in the NFL right now. Teams afraid to run between the tackles or extending that run game, you know, horizontally and using short passes to stretch the ends, you know, and it's effective. So, you know, Henry's had over 20 attempts the last two games. He's had 100 yards in the only game he didn't score, so he's got the touchdowns going. He's definitely a horse. Den- uh, Denver's allowed the six most running back rushing yards and almost 30 fantasy points a game for running backs. And you don't normally, as much of a better as I am, you don't hear me talk about point spreads much and Vegas as far as DFS, but in this instant, it's very pertinent. The two-and-a-half-point spread here is going to bode very well for Henry, in my opinion. The close game will favor him because the main concern is his disappearance in the passing game. We don't want to see him not on the field. He's got to be there, and, man, the Broncos have just been bad. I mean, 560 rush yards on the ground. That's It's terrible. It's terrible there. Yeah, and the one thing is, okay, you can't – and I used to say this about Marshawn Lynch. They would say that uh, – and I'm not quite comparing Derrick Henry to Marshawn Lynch yet, but uh, Lynch didn't catch a lot of passes, and in seasonal people say, oh, I don't know if I want to take him with a, with a top pick. Uh, I don't know if I want to take him with a top pick because, uh, you know, he doesn't catch a lot of passes, but the rushing numbers were so good that they made up for the lack of passes. And with Henry, you always have the touchdowns. Yep. It's true. It's true. You know, there's a lot to like there. And while he's under 7,000 FanDuel, he's going to be someone that I'm looking at, especially with a plus matchup. You know, when you see Titans and Broncos, it's not really portending to be this explosive game. You know, this could easily be a game where Henry gets 25 touches on the ground. Maybe he gets that 100 milestone and he's in the end zone. And it's not hard to imagine him getting in the end zone twice or three times. It's just how it is. One pass interference in the end zone. We know he's getting the rock for that six points. Yeah, you know, he is the offense. I've seen them even when they play from behind, they still keep uh they still keep handing them the ball. Uh going under five thousand on DraftKings, Jordan Howard has a tough matchup against Minnesota, but at only forty nine hundred uh, I think you got to consider it. You mentioned Chase Edmonds at 4,600. He's going to be so widely owned if uh, if Johnson doesn't play. What do you think of Carlos Hyde against Kansas City at 4,400? You guaranteed about 60 yards and a touchdown. There's not there's not there's not much upside for tournaments there though. Okay, I have him starred at that level. Which again, I don't always get down to the 6,000 level. I've got Hyde. He's one of Three guys I'm looking at in that spot. Number one, I think, listen, you're right. You know, he's the back there. He's going to be overlooked because of, again, the lack in his presence in the air game. But he's averaging over four yards a carry. And he can have a big game when they give him the rock 20 times. When he did, he had, you know, 90 rushing yards and a touchdown. He's had it in every game, but not together. He's tied in overall snaps with Duke, which we hate to see. So he really is kind of game script dependent. Texans Chiefs, man, that could turn into a 60-point affair. What if the Chiefs, uh, they haven't looked exactly the same, but of course they could, if we're just going on script, get ahead by a bunch of scores where Hyde isn't there. I I don't think I'm going to get down the Hyde for 6K on FanDuel because for just $100 less, 
I'd probably roll the dice on Brita, who had that monster 11 for 114 on the score on the ground. He went for 3, 15, another score for the air. And as the usage guy, that's what turns me off to Brita. I think seven different players rushed the ball versus Cleveland, and now you had the injury to use check. So I, that's going to affect the running game. That might help Brita, but if I'm really dipping down for the, in the bargain bin, that's as far as I'm going as Brita. I think I'm going to have to look past Hyde, although 80 yards in the score is not off the table at all. All right, so we pretty much have laid it out for you. And, uh, you know, be sure to check Windale throughout the week and check out our full running back breakdown from our Dan Weir on our site homepage. Let's get to seasonal waivers. There's not a lot out there this week, really, uh, you know, in terms of guys that you can put into your lineup. Uh, you know, not a lot of really impact players. There's there's virtually nobody on the on the free agent list except for Chase Edmonds and running back. So if if – Look, I've seen some low ownership numbers for Chase Edmonds, and that's a mistake. If you have, if you, I keep saying, it, if you have in a seasonal league a significant feature running back, you have to have his handcuff because you don't want to be having all your fab or hoping that you know you have a high waiver pick when a guy goes down. If you got Ezekiel Elliott, you have to have Tony Pollard. If you have Alvin Kamara. You, you, you have to have Latavius Murray, who's now more of a pure handcuff than, than we've ever seen in New Orleans. So you got to have the backups to their top guys. Chase Edmonds, because of his back injury, and our Edwin Porras is going to be updating it throughout the week on, uh, on Win Daily. Check out his injury columns uh, three times a week, even on game day. You, if you have David Johnson, you got to be known better than to scramble to the free agent list for Chase Edmonds. Uh, if you don't have Chase Edmonds, he's going to start this week. you got a fab budget. Uh, it's a one-week play, so I would be blowing half my budget on it. Uh, you know, Maybe I'd go 30, a little above 30%. Uh, depends on how badly you need a running back. But you know, don't put yourself in this position. But he's really the only running back out there that's, that's, that's a significant add. Other, other than that, a lot of guys are just – by what I'm talking about, you know, you want to pick up a Jordan Wilkins if you don't have him. You want to pick up a Reggie Bonifant because we know he's now – that it finally emerges the handcuff to, to CMC. But other than that, there's nothing out there running back. Yeah, I, listen, I agree. And I think beyond the specific names, it's as much about strategy building and team building, you know, when you're playing season long. So – those guys that you've mentioned, uh, Scott, I go one further, especially if I'm in a position where I'm competing or I'm near the front of the pack where I, I know I'm going to be in the playoffs and competing for a championship. I want those guys, even if I don't own the the the, the starter, you know, like you said, Bonifin on, on Carolina, man, I, I want him regardless if I have a spot. Yeah, but the problem with that, the problem the problem with that, John, sorry to interrupt you, is no, it's okay. go, go, go. With, with all these teams on buys, six in the next seven weeks, four buys or more, people don't have room to stash a handcuff. That they, they can't afford to do it. You know, they barely have enough room to stash a direct handcuff. That's why there's the, these guys are so widely unknown. If no, I, 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 I'd like to, I'd like to do this, but you, it's very hard with limited benches in I a find, lot of leagues. I find that I do. Because of the the way I value them, 
that is what you'll see on my bench in fantasy and season-long leagues are premier handcuffs where the other guys I can just stream. You know, I'm not going to carry a second defense. I'm not going to carry a second QB. I really might not even carry a, a fifth wideout. You know, I might carry a fourth one depending on the league structure. But even that, I feel those are a lot easier to stream on a week-to-week basis, whereas these these guys, even somebody like an Alexander Madison on the Vikings, you have a chance of filling in an every-week RB1. So I make the sacrifice uh, and really try my best to, to, to make room for those guys because they're, very, they're few and far between, and it's a difference between, you know, Sipping from a trophy filled with your friend's tears at the end of the year. <laughs> All right. Uh, wide receivers, Byron Pringle is probably uh, probably the, the most hyped pickup out there. Six catches for 103 yards uh, last week. But um, it's really just one game. And we've seen so many Kansas City receivers rotate without Tyree Kill in terms of being in the spotlight statistically that I don't know if I'm, I don't see him more as than like maybe a one or two week play. Tyree Kill should be back. Uh, Darius Slayton has some upside. Uh, you know, he's, he's already he played a season high 65 percent of the snaps last week, 62 receiving yards. 35-yard touchdown reception, also an 82-yard game. Uh, and Mohamed Sanu is somebody who's putting up quality numbers. I already thought, always thought that uh, he was overrated in the past, never a wide receiver three, but a very good wide receiver four for these bye weeks coming up. And uh, there's a lot of talk about Duke Williams in Buffalo, too. Uh, he's the reason why they traded Zay Jones. Uh, big receiver, undrafted, this year's Robert Foster type. Uh, in terms of being undrafted, so he's worth the flyer as well. Yeah, if I'm if I'm searching for wide receivers for a single week, as much as I don't like it being a, a you know a steady usage guy, I think you have to go with Pringle, right? Just because of the potential upside of if you happen to if the wheel lands on your number that weekend, you have a guy that could finish near the top. You know, listen, I definitely agree on Slayton. I'm not sure about this specific matchup with the Patriots. I'm not sure what you're going to end up. With, you know, it's really tough. I, I might try and sh- shy away from that one and maybe even land on a Crowder, you know, because a lot of Jets have been forgotten and dropped. Uh, just for the week, though, don't get me wrong. I, I like the prospect of Slayton more than Crowder the rest of the year. But if you're struggling for the W that you need right now, I don't want any piece of the Patriots. Yeah, Crowder's another guy I didn't mention. You know, it's good to bring that up. A lot of people cut him when uh, Darnold was injured, and uh, they had a great relationship in the preseason and early in the regular season. So uh, he, he's a, he, he's maybe the best pickup out there if you're looking at the long scope. Yeah, I know. I agree 100%. That's a, that, that was the last guy I had starred for mention. By the way, somebody I forgot at running back, there's reports out of Miami that they'll give former Bengal uh, Mark Walton more carries because Kalen Bellage has just been such a miserable failure. Uh, he might get some quality work, so if you need running back depth, uh, you know he's somebody you should look at. Yeah, it's not like they've really fed Drake, but obviously it's a train wreck. But again, in, in the world of one-week necessity, you're facing the Redskins, you're going to have a chance. If they're going to do anything, it might be this weekend. 
Yeah, then we go to tight end. Gerald Everett had a career game in week, week five against the Seahawks, breaking tackles, yardage after the catch, wow, yeah. uh, et cetera. And, uh, you know, the, they, the, uh, the Rams vowed in the preseason that they were going to get the tight end involved more often, and here it happened. Uh, you know, two consecutive strong before, uh, quality outings from this guy. But uh, at the same time, we've seen him disappear in the past. But, you know, this is, a, you know, this is, you know, this is a very thin position. So you, you got to you have to bid confidently here. Yeah, agreed. Uh, you know, he's definitely at the top after that performance. Plus, you know, we've seen what they can do as far as passing the ball with Rams. You know, the guy I've been waiting for not only as a player and DFS player, but as a Jets fan. The news I saw today is that uh, Chris Herndon for the Jets is injured, and he he won't be playing this weekend. So, unfortunately, if you've been stashing him, I think you have to wait to see the severity of the injury. It doesn't sound too bad, but he won't be playing, so you're going to need somebody. That somebody might be, again, you're going to have to troll these uh, injury reports, is uh, Hayden Hurst in Baltimore if Andrews, uh, who got banged up, if he ends up being out, that's a pretty decent amount of targets that open up for Hurst, and he might not end up just being a one-week fill-in if Andrews is, is actually hurt and going to miss time. This may some, be somebody who is a tight end one, even if it's a lower-end tight end one, somebody that could finish as, let's say, TE9 easily on every week. Yeah, yeah, disappointed with Herndon because, uh, you know, I was recommending as a pickup because, you know, yeah. this, is a, this is a guy that could really – uh, be that big target, if you will, for the Jets, uh, uh, you know, in the red zone. Yeah, he looked great with, with Donald, too. During the preseason, he was getting peppered. Last year, he was getting peppered with targets. And, like, you know, especially with the Jets struggling and being behind all the time, this had the making of him being a garbage-time hero. You know, this guy could easily come down with three or four grabs just on the last drive alone. And now it looks like we're going to have to wait if we're going to get it at all. Yeah, so that that's pretty much runs it down. Uh, unless a quarterback, do you do you feel like after a big performance that people should run out and pick up Teddy Bridgewater? Well, we've been talking about that before. I wouldn't if I were going to run and pick up somebody that may have been given up on. It's probably Kirk Cousins because here we have somebody with a little more of a history of slinging the rock. Yeah, and he's got the weapons to boot. I know they've been trigger shy, but. You know, we saw last year we got 300 yards, a pair of touchdowns. Maybe that portends a little change in usage from Minnesota. You're not going to win division titles or a Super Bowl ring throwing the ball nine or ten times a game. That's just – it's not realistic in today's game, in my opinion. So, if I were chasing somebody for a bounce back, it's probably cousin. Now, uh, one thing we have to add real, real quickly is people are always asking me, what defenses should they stream this week? Uh, not everybody has the Bears and Patriots. If you do, you plug them in every week. You pretty much, you don't worry. Uh, a few defenses I like this week, the Seahawks against the Browns who are really struggling. I don't know if the Browns can break out here. You know, the Seahawks should be able to get a few sacks here. Could be a really good game for Jadavion Clowney this week. So that's that's one unit that I, that I, I uh, certainly like. Uh, the Cowboys, I think, will be highly bid upon, even though Darnold's come back. Uh, the Titans are solid. Uh, also taking a look at uh, the Redskins-Dolphins game. Uh, people are asking me about defenses on both sides. And I say, you know what? 
even though the matchup looked good, sometimes the defense looks so bad you can't use it in any matchup. So uh, Baltimore has is playing so badly, I wouldn't use them either. I'd probably say, you know, if you're going to look to stream this week, uh, those those are the teams I like, the Seahawks, uh, the Cowboys, the Titans, if you can get them, and maybe even Denver on the other side of that game. Yeah, if I'm streaming this week, yeah, you're, you're pretty much four on deep in the garbage bale. But if you're just going strictly by fantasy points against the the top three teams are probably on the waiver wire. You know, it's the Dolphins, it's the Jets, and the Redskins looking like... I don't, can you really use those Miami and well, Washington defenses? I think the answer, believe it or not, for this weekend is yes. That's how little I think of Washington. I mean, the fact I can't find a running back to stream against the Dolphins says that maybe I got to go with the Dolphins defense. What about Chris Thompson? I mean, he, there just hasn't been much there. You got to get him the ball. And like you he's said, had, he's had some still, good games. He's had some good games. But not great, but they're also a professional team, right? So every professional team at least has a strategy. What are you defending against when you face the Redskins? There's only one name on the whiteboard maybe McLaurin and it's Thompson you know so yeah I think if he's being if he's the focal point of containment I just don't think they're going to be able to do much I just don't think they're dynamic enough to to do anything I mean listen I don't want any of these defenses but especially if we're talking DFS at the price listen you just may get a fair return all right. Thanks a lot for listening to the Win Daily podcast for today don't forget to check out John's prop picks throughout the out the week and we'll see you back tomorrow. Thanks a lot. Thanks again.